Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Kevin's getting a phone call. No, (laughs) I'm turning off my phone before I get a phone call. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I wish, gosh, I really wish I was cool or important enough that people, you know, called me all the time. Like, no, sell, gotta sell it now. Yeah. But that, you know, that's just not me. We both know those people. <laughs> they, hey, you got it. You got to make it happen. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I, uh, I had a, I had a friend who, um, boy, I, he just, I think that cell phone was just like a growth on his head. Um, it was just, it was just an extension, uh, an extensive part of his, uh, of his ear, and I don't know. He spent many thousands and thousands of minutes every month trying to trying to actually get that thing uh get trying to actually uh you know work on that thing uh on his ear what, what am i trying to say i kind of lost my train of thought he talked on the phone a lot yeah he talked on the phone a lot been thousands of minutes on thousands the of minutes oh i'm gonna sneeze okay oh. Sorry, I'm probably clipping it, aren't I? <laughs> hey, sorry about that. No, I um, um, yeah, I I I I just didn't want to get any obnoxious phone call uh, during our podcasting. Because you're a very popular guy. Well, no, you have a lot of important mm. people. Yeah, maybe that, I, I had a great I had a great lunch with uh with this guy at our church. Um, really exciting. He's he's actually a sound guy. How often do you actually get like real sound guys at your church? You know, like really? like that's what they do. I, that's what he does. He um, well, that's what he started doing, and then he got involved in um uh PR stuff with Compassion International. So he works for Compassion International wow. now, and what he does is he represents all you know all those like artists, like Christian artists who during their concert take a little time out and talk about compassion i do because we're hopefully going to have one at our church in a couple months well steve probably represents them um, no i don't think so not okay maybe not because i'm talking to another guy oh well steve manages the ones who represent that that's actually a little bit more uh that's a little bit more accurate what he does but the point in all this so this guy who's in uh uh this guy i'm super excited coming to our church just started coming you know a little while ago and and yeah, he literally what he does is he um, he travels to different parts of, of the country and sometimes even the world and just kind of um, meets and greets with these high profile uh, people, whether they're like artists, musicians or public speakers or famous people who who are a part of Compassion International. Hmm. And um, 
And so he he kind of meets and greets them, goes backstage, hangs out with them, talks with them, um, and then he he'll usually just hang at the soundboard because that's that's his background doing sound. So he you know he's used to like running sound for big giant bands. You know he he's doing Mercy Me's in town this weekend, um, at the the Rock and Worship Roadshow, uh, wherever it is, and so so. Uh, because they're in town, he's going there. He's got backstage passes. Uh, he knows the band. He uh, actually got some of the, the kids in our youth group that are going with him. He got them VIP passes also. Cool. So they all get to like hang out. I mean, how cool is that, yeah, right? That's really cool. And and then he just he just hangs out at the soundboard during the concert and helps mix sound and you know just kind of. Um, I I don't think he actually runs sound because they have their own sound guy, but he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And cool. I had a great lunch with him. So he's going to be doing sound. At- so it looks that way. Um, I'm hopefully he's not listening to this podcast because I don't. <laughs> I don't want him to get. I don't want to be presumptuous here. But it was a very good lunch. We cool. had a really cool. We had a really good time. Excellent. Um, and you needed a sound person. We we really did. And you know what? <laughs> I d- <laughs> oh, I'm so frustrated, David. I just realized all my leftover kung pao chicken. I left it on our table oh. in the restaurant. I had all this like leftover kung pao chicken. Funny story about that. Yeah, I know you're frustrated, but um, <laughs> on Valentine's Day, uh, my parents were here from Ohio. Yeah, and so they watched the kids, so Becky and I could go out to How eat nice. on Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, so we went out to eat. Uh, we had a gift card. Fun. Somebody at our church blessed us with a gift card. Yay. So we went out and uh, used the gift card, and we purposefully. Only ate half of our dinner, so you could so save and have leftovers. leftovers right? And and then when you know we walked out the door and uh, got in the car, we we had to go to Walmart to get some formula for our baby. And then when we pulled there, I said, "Got the food, <laughs> right?" No. And uh, and she thought I was saying that I got the food. Oh, that you had the food. And I was that asking, you got "Did it. you get the food? Really got the food?" And so. You know, there was this miscommunication. We got all the way back here, realized that we didn't have the food. Uh, so how, since since it was like half of our meal, I went back. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I went you, back. You actually went back to the restaurant? Did yeah, they? But, and, well, I called before and they said that they would they were going to hold it for us. That is funny. They actually kept it yeah, instead of throwing but, it out. But when I got there, they had thrown it away. Oh, my God. So the manager gave us a gift card. No. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> So you got another meal <laughs> got out another of meal it. out of the whole thing. Like, yes. Dude. So, it's like I might think about doing that like every time. Like <laughs> every time you go, just like purposely leave your meal yeah. and then come back and be like, Why'd you throw it away, man? That was my food. I called. How could you throw it away? Oh well, I'm so sorry. Let me let me compensate you with a gift card for your future visit. That's, that's probably that's not very sweet. ethical. But... Nah. Anyway. That, that's funny though. Well, yeah, I'm super frustrated because I spent most of my lunch talking um, and, and sharing. You know, I spent most of the lunch talking and sharing about like the worship ministry and and how he could fit in it. So I didn't get a chance to eat much, and it was really good. That's and, frustrating. And so we had it. I got it all boxed up, and my whole plan was to bring it over here and stick it in your fridge. Oh. And I just realized or I'm just like, leave it in the garage. Yeah, yeah it's cold enough. Like the same <laughs> How frustrating. That was going to be my dinner. I'm sorry. Ah, I well, feel for you. I feel your pain. I yeah. Mean, no no sense now in trying to... I mean, it's probably long gone. No. A quick break. No. I don't even know the number. <laughs> I've never been there before. It was this uh, Eastland Asian Thai and cuisine place. 
Um, never I never, I never been there, but they had they had killer uh, killer lunch deals, man. Hmm. So that's where we went, and unfortunately, I'm not going to get to enjoy kung pao chicken tonight. Was it good? It was. Oh. It was good. That's even more disappointing. I know. Because a lot of times when you go to like some of those Chinese places, it's eh, it's just okay. It's Kinda, iffy. But when you get good. It was good, and and I didn't even touch my spring roll. I had spring roll and rice that I barely even touched. I mean that that stuff's good for uh, that stuff's good for a couple days at least. Wow. Well, then you can still go back there and pick it up. (laughs) Yeah. Can I dig through your trash? Because I think it might be in a container somewhere. I probably recooked it, and someone else. Oh, gross! (laughs) Someone else is get. They're like, wow, there's a lot of kung pao chicken here. Let's let's serve this to someone else. They just, just like re- they just like reheat it. They reheat it. I can't it, seem to, to find a happy medium here on my level. Like, uh oh, it's like super loud or like super quiet. Oh man, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to fix that. Fix it. Oh, maybe what we should do is we should auto tune your voice. But um, bum transition. Transition. Um, I was gonna come up with a can Kevin do it, but I oh. I didn't have time. I I still have uh I still have a, a list of office quotes I was trying to gather to see if you could figure out who said the quote. I never got around to it. One of these days. One of these days. We will get into uh back into some of those. Can he do fun it? Things. Yes, he can. Oops, wrong. Can you build it? Can we build it? Yes, we can. Bob the Builder fan. Bob the Builder. Not really. Cowie's not huge into Bob the Builder. I tried recording an episode just to mm-hmm. see if she would like it. Didn't care for it. She wasn't it. really in for it, yeah. into it. That's kind of a boy show. I think so. Yeah. Like, uh, her Sunday school class at church, ironically, has, like, almost all boys in it, you know? There's her, one other girl, and then, like, seven seven boys her age. Um, and, and a couple of her good friends, Liam and Nicholas. Um, I say good friends kind of loosely because I don't know how, how close their friendship is at three and a half, but... Regardless, uh, Liam and Nicholas are totally into Bob the Builder, uh, so I think the only reason Callie is mildly interested is just because she hears Liam and Nicholas talking about it a lot. Right. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, just a uh, little bit of news and information here. I don't know if anyone's listening yet to this episode, but um, we're going to begin to be featured on uh, the Ministry Matters website. Ah, so, uh, sweet. It's, a, it's actually, I think it's a new website that they're coming out with or something. Yeah, and, um, I saw that email. Yeah, so. That's great. Yeah, so we're going to be featured on the worship section of that. So if you're coming to the podcast from there, just like to say hello, welcome. Yeah, Thanks give a shout us. out. Ministry so, uh, Matters. I think it's ministrymatters.com. I'll have to actually look that up and make sure. I could probably check right now because I'm on that computer. Sweet. But, um. Yeah, kind of cool. To that is uh, cool. It's cool for us, and just cool to be able to connect with some more of those people. Yeah. Let's so see. welcome all yeah. of you new listeners. Uh, as we as we sit here talking about kung pao chicken and <laughs> and uh, is this really a worship podcast? Yeah, ministrymatters.com. dot com. So it's sweet. not up yet, but it looks like it's going to be a cool website, cool resource for lay nice. leaders in the church, including worship people. So. Yeah, nice. go check that out if you haven't if you haven't checked it out. Ministrymatters.com. Um, yeah. Dot com. So, uh, this so episode auto-tune. of the podcast. Auto-tune. Yeah, I, 
I mentioned to Kevin I wanted to talk about auto tune, and <laughs> it's kind of a, it's a maybe a weird thing to talk about in worship, but I don't think it's as weird as it you know would have been a year or two ago or even six months ago. But like, auto tune is just kind of taking over everything, yeah. right? And I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about the the specific auto tune sound, you know, like Kanye West and all those weird guys. Yeah. Use. The the one dude I can never remember his name who wears like the big giant top hat looks like the Mad Hatter has the the dreads and yeah I have um, no idea ha- has the gold teeth and everything yeah he he's always auto tuning T Pain T Pain yeah. good call man look at you you know you know rap huh are you hip hopping <laughs> no what's up baby but um hip hop David MC so I'm not talking about DJ. that. no uh, but but I'm um, but kind of um, but that's that's a little bit different so. I don't have a problem if you want to use that sound as a quirky thing once in a while. Do you know the fun. first person to use that sound in a recording? I don't. It was Cher on a Do You Believe in oh, All yeah. That yeah. Love? Uh, she was the first uh, recorded use of, of uh, hmm. auto-tune um, on that song. Interesting. Uh, and it was only, it's only, it only for like a couple parts of the song, you know, but... Yeah. I, I actually remember hearing that song the first time being like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> so, sounds like she went 8-bit Nintendo, you know? Like <laughs> like, the, like she just went retro or something. It's like, you know? Well, so my my issue is this. Um, All right, give it to me. And, it, and it's auto-tune, but it's, it's everything else, too. So, so like... You, when you buy a live recording, and, and we've talked about like the live <laughs> recording that you guys did, right? Yeah. Forgiven much. When you yeah. buy a live recording, really the the most live part of it is, is, the, the, audience? is the audience response, right? <laughs> yes. Because everything else almost always they go back in and fix yeah. and redo in the studio. And so so you're really the only live part of it is is what the audience is singing back or clapping or how they're responding, whatever's going on with the audience. Yeah. But most most people don't know that. Most people assume that these this band goes and plays and it comes out just like that. Now that's not to say that um that bands don't perform really well. Sure. And there are a lot of bands that will perform that really well. And maybe some of them don't have to go in and fix that much. Maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah. But um it, it sets a precedent <laughs> in people's minds of what of what they ought to be able to hear at at a church or from another worship band when, when they're live. playing live. Yeah. And and so for the vocals too, I don't know about you, but the I I have yet to hear a perfect vocal performance that didn't have a pitch problem somewhere along the line, live. Yeah, and that includes people like Chris Tomlin, oh totally, uh, Britton Brown, Paul Blosh, Lincoln oh, Brewster. Yeah, all like, all the all the notable people. Right. Um, so listening to them live, I I hear their mistakes, but when you listen to a live recording. CD. When you listen to a CD, a studio CD, it's all perfect because of this wonderful thing, auto-tune, right? Yeah. You know, interesting um, Interesting you say that because I saw Chris Tomlin, you know, a few years back. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he was he was just starting to get really big. It, it was uh, uh, that How Great Is Our God time, you know, when he, he had written some, you know, really, really big songs mm-hmm. like How Great Is Our God and, and um, you know, whatever else. But it was that album, like The Sea of the Morning, I think it is. Um, and, and yeah, so I saw him like, is that Rolling Hills or somewhere, some, some big church, mm-hmm. um, down there. And, uh, and, and yeah, I just remember being like, not as impressed with, with his vocals. Mm-hmm. Now the, the thing he has going for him is, is 
like I think he sounds better. Like the higher he sings, like he's got this certain range where he sings really good, mm-hmm. which is why everything's written in the key of B. Right. Gosh, Chris, <laughs> Instead of G. come on, man. <laughs> Don't you realize that us average worship pastors cannot sing in the yeah. key of B or actually or, congregations? Yeah, if, really. Even if we can, we shouldn't. <laughs> no, yeah, you, you know. Our God is greater. No. Our God is stronger. You know, it's is like that in B or C. Uh, that's in B. Is the, it? Yeah, the way he's written. So you know, it, it's like. Hi, Hannah. My daughter <laughs> just po- poked her head in the door here. Hi. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like um, you know, everything's written in the key of B because I think that's the perfect range for his vocals. Right. That's um, where he sounds good. That's yeah, where he yeah, sounds yeah, best. yeah. His very, his I very. I think it was Ed Cash that did that, right? It was. It was his his very first album, um, which uh, I I think it was the I think it's called Glorified or uh, or whatever or give whatever that CD that you know give thanks to our Lord our God and King is love endures forever forever uh, forever thanks that's the name of the CD the one yeah. that has like the the uh, kind of orange orangish yellowish background so yeah the very first CD if you would listen to it. That's before that's before the producers figured out that his voice sounds really good high. Oh, and the songs are in G. And all the songs are in G. <laughs> yeah. And you listen to his vocals on like his very first album, Forever, or if you listen to the early Passion stuff, like Passion mm-hmm. 268, um, um, you know, or like like when We Fall Down came out, mm-hmm. uh, that that kind of late nineties passion stuff. And you hear you hear like this this much different sound. It doesn't sound nearly as good. And I think also that that's kind of that's when you realize that he is just like an average guitar player an average singer since then he's polished his sound and since then uh the studio fixes a lot of the sound but when you mm-hmm. still see him live and when he does stuff in like those lower keys like i just i remember just being not impressed yeah. which was funny cuz i i really like chris tomlin and i think he writes great songs and and we do a lot of his songs at, at laurelwood but I remember uh, whatever that was three or four years ago, seeing him live and just being mm-hmm. not as impressed. Yeah, and I saw him um, up in Seattle at the at a worship conference up there, and he came and was like the big performer yeah. thingy, whatever. You know, Lincoln Brewster was there too. We've talked about that conference <laughs> in the past. But um, all the girls swooning on yeah. Lincoln. Um, but you know, see, there are a couple of things that he didn't he didn't sing great. He didn't sing very much um, because it was a worship conference. And so like everyone was singing. Right. And everyone was singing at the top of their lungs usually and um, singing parts and stuff. So it sounded really good. So he would just back off the mic most of the time, which was which was cool, like for a worship thing. Not so cool for somebody who wanted to actually hear Chris Tomlin. Yeah. Because uh, they actually sold tickets and like the whole balcony was full of, of people who bought tickets to come hear Chris Tomlin. Wow. I was like, eh. They probably wanted to hear Chris Tomlin, not us. <laughs> <laughs> not but, all those worship pastors right. at the conference. But you know, but he's he's a lot like um most worship pastors. You know, he's he's not real charismatic on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean charismatic the denomination, I mean charismatic the personality type. Charisma. Yeah, and um and he didn't talk a whole lot. You know, once in a while he would say a sentence or two. And there I mean but mainly just saying, it was like, mm-hmm. it was actually, it was, it was refreshing and affirming for me. <laughs> that's, that's a lot about, that's a lot of what I do. You know, I don't do yeah. a whole lot, but, um, but I did, I do remember noticing, Hey, he had a couple of pitch problems here and there. Mm-hmm. And I remember no, it's at the same conference where I heard, you know, Britton Brown and Paul Balazs and they all kind of had a couple of spots where they weren't perfect with their pitch. For the most part, they're good. But all that to say, 
I think it sets an unfair precedent. When you listen to live CDs that are, are post-edited and fixed yeah. and polished. and Because even the best vocalists don't do that. Yeah. Myself he... included. I'm not, I'm not a best vocalist. I'm, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean me me too. I mean I'm 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 not much of a vocalist at all. I mean I I sing I sing because, you know, it it helps it helps people lead, you know, lead people in worship, but I'm not much of a singer. Um you know, uh funny, last time we were in this garage, I I was actually recording a uh, I was recording a song for Valentine's Day for my wife. Um and and uh you know, I remember we actually tried to use autotune on my voice. Uh remember that? Did, yep, did, yep. To even just try try to fix it up and clean it up, and it, it just I mean it didn't it didn't do a whole lot because we we had to we had to throw the auto tune uh, input or gain or whatever so far just to try to you know get get things up to pitch and so you know it, it's like even in even in those cases you know it, it's like um, I mean auto tune and and that post editing and stuff I mean it, it it can be used you know it can be used but um, but it's still not even gonna make things perfect and. You know what? What we hear a lot of times are are those vocals that have actually been uh, recorded after the fact. You know, a lot of times, um, a lot of times, what we think are are those live vocals are actually vocals in the studio that mm-hmm. you know have been sung over or whatever. Well, yeah, and and they do. You know, they they comp their the vocal track, and so you know they they'll sing one line fifty times until they get it right. Yeah, and so it's like, so it's not, but, um. Now that's like I said, it's not to say that um, we shouldn't try to improve. Sure. But see, for me, I would rather try harder to sing better and to sing more in tune. And you know, I'd rather work on my voice and and try and become a better vocalist and sing better than to rely than to rely on, on a on an auto tune pedal or something. Yeah. Um. That said, you know, if somebody gave me an auto tune pedal, I'd probably try it. <laughs> yeah, we we actually have one at Laurelwood, yeah. and and I I've tried using it. I just I don't know. I just don't like the way it it, it just it, it's weird because, um, you know, again, I have to I have to crank it up pretty pretty hot for it to try to adjust it, and then if I'm a little off, you get that yeah, you know, get that very like very right. definitive like da, 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 da. Right. you get that definitive um split between you know between when you're going right. flat and sharp well um, and and when it's you know when it's working i still haven't heard you know i haven't been able to come up with an autotune sound that doesn't still that doesn't sound like autotune mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really it doesn't sound like my voice it sounds more like autotune than it does my voice mm-hmm. and so i would rather have it sound like my voice and and have a couple of you know minor pitch problems here and there yeah but like you know, you go back to you go back to the people who started this all. Nobody was using auto tune, right? So like the Beatles, you know, you go back and listen to a Beatles recording. They're not using auto tune. They just sound great. Yeah, they sound good. They can sing well. But there are there. Are yeah, but they still. I know. And, and but like, but and that's that's, that's you know? what makes it sound so good. Yeah, it's that, real. That's why everyone loves the sound because mm-hmm. you know she loves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like ah, you know, it's <laughs> but but it's so like raw, man. Yeah. It's so it's so cool. Um. I mean, it's it's so classic and vintage and whatnot. Yeah. I, uh, um, you know, wh- while we're talking about it, uh, you watched the Super Bowl, right? Did you mm-hmm. watch the halftime show with the yes. the Black Eyed Peas? Mm-hmm. So, okay, great example, I think, of a band that sounds great on CD, um, in the studio. Uh, man, I mean, they like like you know they bring it. I like some of their songs, you know, some of their classic stuff, some of their newer stuff. 
I'm not a huge Black Eyed Peas fan, but but I I I like their sound. You know mm-hmm. the 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 Will I Am with his with his over the top auto tune. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun, but man. Listening to them live it was painful. It was painful, it right? Was, it was awful. Like yeah. Fergie or whatever her name is that her mm-hmm. name? The the gal. I mean, you know, trying to sing and just like it, it was like it was a serious waste of time. Like I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, okay, so here's a band that has gotten so used to being in the studio, being auto tuned, having everything controlled, uh, balanced the way that they want it to. That when you actually hear a live performance, when things aren't balanced or a live performance that isn't perfectly pitched or perfectly mm-hmm. uh, uh, presented, you realize like how, how it, it's exposed. It yeah. exposed them, exposed flaws. And, and even Melanie, my wife, who, you know, who isn't terribly like judgmental or critical, uh, who just likes music for music. Even she like was watching the Super Bowl and being like, so is it just me or do they sound, do they sound horrible? <laughs> no, nope. sound really bad. It's not just you, honey. They yeah, do sound bad. They did sound bad. Yeah, it's and see, I, 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 I'm afraid of of the future. Yeah, just like I'm afraid the that, precedence that it's setting. Yeah, or? well, it's setting a, it's setting a. I don't have to sing well precedent, and like, I don't know. I think we need to. Hmm. I think I think we need to be trying. You know, I think we need to be working on it and not just taking the easy route and. And buying a pedal that fixes it. So, so real quick to wrap up, what do what do we do as worship pastors or people in worship ministry to compete with the uh, the produced sound of these quote unquote live albums? How do we? Well, I think there are times when it's appropriate. Okay, you know, if you're going to do a performance song and somebody used auto tune in the performance song, or if you write a song and it's a performance song and and you want it to have that auto tune sound, then then use it. Um. Otherwise, I think we just need to work on it and um, yeah. and just sing, you know, sing more. If we're having a hard time staying in tune and singing and, you know, on pitch on the weekends, whenever we're leading worship, then let's sing more mm-hmm. during the week, build up our voice so that when we get there, you know, do some ear training work or something, take an ear training class or some voice lessons or something. You know, I will say, um, speaking of that, that that's one thing I really appreciate about American Idol. I think American Idol has shown the world, you know, just real, I mean, normal people that are singing that have pitch problems. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, like, all the, the horrible singers during during the, the auditions. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah. like, the good ones that are, are in the, in Hollywood Week or the good ones in the top 24 who, who just don't quite, like, you know... Well, and, and real quick, you know, there's a huge, there's a huge difference here that... that um, between live and recording or like for American Idol between live and what we're hearing on the TV, you know, live, I don't think they hear nearly as many pitch problems because of the room and all the, yeah, the yeah but we're hearing there. the direct. So we hear the direct sound. We hear a lot of the pitch problems, right? Yeah. And you know, and you know, a lot of times, especially with Simon, he would say, you know, I went back and watched the show at home last night and, yeah, and it sounded, and, it, and you sounded awful. Yeah. <laughs> He'll or, or like yeah. That. I remember Simon would say things like, you know, you're going to, you're going to go home and watch this and be incredibly embarrassed. Right. Like, cause he just knew he's like, once you watch this, you're going to realize it doesn't sound that good. And it's the same thing for us, you know, for, for live, there might be a lot of forgiveness from the room, but you, but if we record it, I know, I know. Or like for us, see, we have, we have, uh, <laughs> that's one audit. of the reasons why I don't record our, right. our songs. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to hear how bad I sound. 
Like at our <laughs> church, we have an, a distribution system, so there's speakers out in the foyer and upstairs oh, and different man. parts. And so when other people are listening out there, they're hearing just the dry sound. Yeah, they're, they're not hearing they're hearing vocals with yeah, no so, reverb. Yeah. yeah, and so they hear every little mistake. And so and that's tough. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's tough as a vocalist to hear that kind of feedback. But um, but at the same time, so um, use Auto Tune as a tool, like. So when you're using auto-tune on a computer and recording software, you you see this little meter that tells you if you're going sharp or flat, you know. So I would suggest using auto-tune and sing, sing your worship song uh-huh. into auto-tune and see where, if you're having problems. And you can actually get really specific, and you can... I've done this with some of my singing lately. I'll sing into auto-tune, and I'll go back and graph it out like you have the graph option. And, wow. And I, you can see if you're if you're consistently going flat or like, <laughs> I noticed I had a really big vibrato sometimes. Like, mm. it was almost going like a whole step wow. of a vibrato. And so I'm like, oh, I really, I need to keep my, I need to shorten up my vibrato <laughs> and keep it within a half step so I don't, you yeah. know, change pitches. And so, so I think you can, uh, there's a lot of things about auto-tune we can use to teach us how to sing. That's cool. But I think we need to sing when it's time to sing. Good words, David. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure we'll come back to auto-tune at some point in the future. We could watch auto-tune the news. Yeah. Or, uh... we, we should auto-tune a podcast sometime. <laughs> oh. we, should just, we should just, you know, pick a few loops and have a few loops going the whole podcast. Definitely. Set a key and just auto-tune it. Auto-tune it, yeah. Or uh, or pick some video on YouTube like the rainbow, yeah. the double rainbow. The double rainbow. And we could like auto-tune double rainbow. Yeah. Double rainbow all the way across the sky. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. And uh, thanks for coming to us from wherever you come around the world. We really appreciate you listening to this. And um, you can always get in touch with us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send an email to david at or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. And uh, we'd love for you to join us over there, places where we can connect with you a little bit more beyond the blog. But also feel free to go comment on the blog and uh, submit your information to our worship leader directory. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.